When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. It's been a while since we've done one of the live podcasts on the current events at Forest, so we're going to have a little bit of a chat around the World Cup and around the best players for Forest in 2022. So to do that, I'm joined by Michael Temple. Temps, how are you doing? Good mate, missing club football. I've got into the World Cup as it's cracked on actually, but it's uh, it's no substitute for watching Forest, is it? Uh, no, no, I agree with you. I enjoyed the second half of England last night, well, from the 30 minute mark, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a battle to get into some of these games. There's been some rotten games, hasn't there? Some good ones, but some rotten ones as well. Yeah, let's see if we can give Senegal the, the run around. At least we've got clarity now. I just like the fact that I know if they are playing, when they're playing rather than having to arrange a, a multitude of social events around England's possible route to the final. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, glad the breaks are off a little bit and we're playing with a bit more int- attacking intent against Wales as opposed to that American game, which was dull. Oh, God, that was awful. Awful. Well, you mentioned Wales. We'll come on to those in a minute. One of the things we're going to talk about is um, the best players of 2022 reach the company I work for across the whole network are doing the best players of 2022 for each Premier League club which means Forrest in it uh, after getting promoted. So, yay for that. Uh, I was asked to pick the shortlist. So I picked the four players, and you can tell me how right or wrong I am for, uh, attempts before we go into the individuals. So I picked, purely based on players that have been here for the calendar year, which might be a point of debate, uh, Ryan Yates, Brennan Johnson, Joe Worrell, and Scott McKenna. Would you have picked different, or are you on board with those four? Yeah, I think that Yatesy has had a great calendar year, as have all four of, of those guys there. But I think I can make a case for Jed Spence and Bree Samba. Really hard for me to decide who, we, who we'd kick out of that. But I think just looking at last season in particular, there were so many players who had credible shouts of player of the year and the various fans group divided them five ways from what I understand. There were five separate Forest players awarded player of the year and we haven't even mentioned the likes of you know Jimmy Garner and, and, and one or two others so yeah I'd, I'd take you to task on a couple of those but I'll, I'll back you on Yatesy and Brennan who I think have been Forest's most consistent players over the course of 12 months. Let's talk about Brennan individually then and tie it in with the World Cup what are we hoping it does for him this World Cup because it hasn't been what he would have hoped for in terms of results for Wales and perhaps minutes on the pitch but we kind of hope he takes something out of it and he's back early enough that he can be well-rested for the return to action? I think he becomes a mainstay in that side now. It was um, perhaps a, a bit of a signal that he replaced Gareth Bale in the game, who was really poor, who was defensively minded, who was put off by Luke Shaw's advancing down the, the, the left side. And he looked a bit of a shadow of himself, didn't he? So in taking the decision to, to, to make a change, it was Brennan that was injected and 
he did what he does. He was busy. He tried to use his pace. He tried to run in behind. So I think he's come out of the squad um, as a starting player for Wales, in my eyes, going forward into their next campaign, having gone into the the, the World Cup, um, struggling for a place in their, in, in their first 11. So I, I think we'll see a changing of the guard. He will only benefit from being in and amongst international football. And look, tempered by the fact that he's still a very, very young player with significant potential. I read a really interesting piece about the transfer values of everybody at the World Cup. And he was held up as the most valuable player in a, in a transfer sense in that Wales squad. And that's partly down to what he's achieved so far and partly towards what he has the potential to achieve in the future. So, Brennan will only get better from this point. He'll be an international regular. I wouldn't be surprised to see Gareth Bale announcing his international retirement at some point soon. And Forrest have got a very valuable asset on their hands who's going to grow into that role more and more. What about Nico Williams? I mean, obviously he had the really sad news with his granddad passing. I, I, he can come away with his head held high, certainly can't if his performances in the three games. Yeah, look, so unlucky. I mean, yeah, thoughts with Nico of having to play a day after hearing that his, his granddad had died and you know, being away from his family when he when he hears that news. So to focus up and, and go out and uh, play so soon after hearing that was really tough. And then to come back a couple of games later and effectively be, be, be forced off with concussion after taking that one in the head. Uh, he's been really unlucky, hasn't he? But I, I thought even last night, there were, there were times where he received the ball and he was confident on it. He looked to progress past players. Jordan Henderson had to rugby tackle him to prevent him making progress up the field. And again, he'll, he'll improve. He'll continue to develop. He'll make better, better decisions more often. He finds himself in a different situation now and that he's got a battle on to, to start at fullback at Forest, having started the season as a potential shoe-in. So I think Nico could have some frustration second half of the season with Forest because Aurier has proved to be so consistent. But he probably won't look back on this World Cup with too many good memories because of the misfortune that he suffered. Yeah, if you were picking the Forest team tomorrow, say the Man United game was tomorrow, is Williams at either of the fullback positions based on his World Cup performances or is it still Aurier and Lodding? Uh, it's Aurier for certain. Williams has got a shout at left back, depending on the tempestuous form of Lodding, who's been anything from looking like a Brazilian uh, you know, international fullback to looking a little bit lost. So it's up to Lodi, isn't it? I think he could play himself in or out of that team, whereas Nico's the more dependable, sensible option. I think that Nico has a longer-term future at Forest than Lodi does, but I could I could see Cooper sticking with Lodi given the form that he discovered just before the just before the break. So, yeah, I've ducked that question a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Williams play in that cup game against Blackburn needing to force his way in where Lodi's kind of already penciled in at the minute to, to get that start against Man U. Um, Greg Orham in the comments mentions Omar Richards. I mean, I think he's probably going to be a good player. Is he one we maybe have to, you know, keep on the back burner even till next season now if Lodi and um, Williams perform? Does Omar have to be very patient? Yeah, he's third cab on the rank, isn't he? And those signings, uh, so the signing of, of Lodi was, was certainly made after having discovered 
uh, the, the the Omar Richards injury, but he's got pedigree. He's played for Bayern Munich. He's you know he's clearly clearly no mug, but that's a pretty serious injury to come back from. And getting up to pace with the rhythms of the Premier League, having had time in the Bundesliga and then six months on the physio bed is is no easy task. So no, I don't think there's any immediate prospect of Omar Richards starting Premier League games. Uh, just running at Wales as well. Poor old Wayne Hennessy. We've got a feel for him. I, mean, I know he wiped out that bloke, but I think he'd have done better than Danny Ward there. Maybe he did England a favour. It wasn't Danny Ward's night last night either, was it? Yeah, how good a keeper is Wayne Hennessy? I, mean, I, I hadn't seen uh, much of him. My mate who's a Palace fan raved about him. But 100-plus caps for Wales. He was exceptional in goal against Spurs in the Cup. His distribution is excellent. Uh Punching within the six-yard box, excellent. I felt so assured um, by having him in the sticks for, for Forrest. And then out of nowhere, he kung fu kicks a striker and finds himself um, out of the World Cup even earlier than his, than his teammates. So I think Wayne Hennessy could still start Premier League games. I think he's experienced. I think that he's a safe pair of hands for... Um, for want of a better phrase, I just think we're we're blessed there to have a, a a backup keeper of such quality, and the performance against Spurs will keep Hendo on his toes. But he's going to get the Man United game in anyway, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he is because Hendo's on Hendo's on loan from Man U. So yeah, I, I I don't I'm entirely relaxed about Hendo stepping in for that for that game. Uh, sorry, uh, well, Hennessy stepping in for that game in in Hendo's absence, but then fully expect Henderson to play against Chelsea. Yeah, I think so. But like you say, a very assured backup. And if the worst happens and Forrest go down, then I'd be very comfortable with Hennessy in, in Nets next season, certainly. Getting back to this short list that um, people would disagree with me on for the best player 2022, second player, uh, who should we do? I mean, Joe Worrell, promoted, you know, captain in a promotion season, a bit of a rocky time in the Premier League, but showing what he can do in the last two games. And I thought the Spurs game at home was really good. What would you say about Joe's calendar year? Yeah, big fan of uh, Joe Worrell for the the bloke that he is as much as the the footballer. Um, he's he's struggled to to hold down a, a a place this year. Steve Cook's been preferred by um, Steve Cooper. I think that last season was Joe Worrell's best for Forest by by some margin, and the confidence that we had in that back three of Worrell, Cook, McKenna was absolute. However, fast forward to the start of the Premier League season, Niakate comes along and you're thinking, yeah, Worrell, McKenna, Niakate, we can we can have a little go here. This this is this is more than good enough. And the disruptions that plan A led to Worrell being dropped, led to the move to a back four, and led to initially that preference of McKenna and Cook. I think he's played his way back in and will start um when Forrest get back in it, he'll be he'll be a man in possession. However, knowing the standards that he sets for himself, he will will reflect that he, he could have done a bit more um, since the start of this season to make himself an, an automatic starter. So for that reason, I would potentially say that, yeah, Jed or Bree Samba would make their way onto my shortlist of four if, if I was writing it from my seat rather than you writing it for yours. But um, Joe Wall will come good, and he'll be a he'll be a, a good player for Forest for a considerable um, time time to come. But we we need to see 
the strongest possible showing um, from him when we get back to business. One thing that might happen in January, I think there's a, a decent chance that Forrest at least try and bring in another central defender, which would mean they had 10 on the books, but I guess Loic Barde would leave. What, was, what would you think about that? Because I, I quite like to see Warhol continue and I think Niakate is going to be good. And then you've got McKenna as well, who I think is good enough to play in the Premier League. And Bolly's done well and Cook has been in and out, but he's got experience. It doesn't feel to me like they need someone else, unless it's a blinding player who really elevates the team. But what do you think about the potentials bringing another central defender? Well, just remember that Neocarte is coming back at some point. So right Barde off because he's, he's clearly not fancied at the club and hasn't done what he needs to do in training. And, you know, showing promise in France is, is nowhere near enough to entitle you to a start at Forest. So McKenna, Cook, Worrell, Neocarte are all ahead of him. Bolly's ahead of him. Bolly's not plan A. Bolly was a panic buy when we felt we needed more physical presence. And you know what? Fair play against Palace when we were digging in. Bolle won his headers, won his tackles and looked rock solid. If we get a centre-half in in January, they need to be better than what we already have on our books. Otherwise, it's a waste of time, another space wasted in the car park, notwithstanding the fact that we've got 25 players registered to play and someone has to come out to let this new um, centre-half in. So, for me... Rehabilitate Niakate, get him back in the side because he looked like a Rolls Royce at times in, in pre season. And if we are going to sign checks for new centre half, make sure they're improving what we've already got because it's no time for experimentation. And if we have to go with a revitalised Joe Worrell, Scott McKenna being what he is, Niakate coming back to fitness pretty soon, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. Needs mm. to be needs to be of considerable quality if they're going to come in and we're going to part of good money for them. Yeah, I think, to me, Bolly looks like probably the guy you have on the bench the last 20 minutes if you're trying to weather yeah. the storm right now. I think he'd be behind Niakate. Um Yeah, I don't, mind it. I don't mean it in a disparaging way. I think he's a limited defender. But Leicester City won the Premier League with, with two limited defenders in, in Huth and Morgan, who win the headers and tackles and don't necessarily spray balls or do anything other than provide a 10-yard pass to a, to a fullback. So you're right, there's a time and a place for that. And it's when the kitchen sink's being thrown at you in the last 20 minutes of a game. But it, it can't be, for the ambition that I think we have for this club, but Bolly shouldn't be your starting centre-half. Um, let's move on. Scott McKenna, Pat in the comments, says that Cook and McKenna aren't good enough for the Premier League. I've got McKenna down for this award as the best player of 2022. I mean, he, he was player of the year last season. Do you agree with Pat McKenna's not up to the Premier League standard? I'd have to disagree. What do you think? Sorry, Pat. Disagree. I'm with MD on this one. Scott McKenna is good enough for the Premier League. He very rarely loses an aerial battle. He very rarely gets caught on the on the wrong side of his of his man. I know there's a couple of high-profile examples when Forrest have been undone by a long, straight pass. But I think McKenna will tune into that will read the game a bit better than he has. He's already ended that habit of giving free kicks away in and around the, the edge of the box. There's more to come from Scott McKenna, but he's a very good player now. And yes, uh, Pat, you're, um, you're off the mark. He's come back and said he's too slow. Like, he's, not, he's not blessed with express pace, is he? Mm. But that's, that's not everything. And we can put quicker defenders in that team but they won't be as dependable under the high ball 
they won't be as dependable when yeah marking physical um centre forwards. So big fan of Scotty Mack. Yeah, I think the challenge for McKenna and probably all the players, if Forest get through this season, they're still in the Premier League, is to find that next gear, isn't it? And find that next level because they're going to need to. And I think there's obviously an ambition at the football club that Forest would elevate up the table. I think the owner wants that. And the challenge from McKenna and Worrell and anyone who played in the Championship, really, except Brennan, I think they believe in Brennan most, but they have to rise the challenge, don't they? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, Cooper's... I would say he's shown a ruthless streak, but he certainly showed that nobody's above being dropped and he's not afraid of taking criticism uh, if he makes a selection which isn't in the populist interest or isn't being called for from the stands. And the biggest example of that is uh, putting in Aurier, putting in Coyate, who were not being called for by Forest fans but came in and did an excellent job. So, yeah, look, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to own your shirt and Cooper wants to be successful. And if that means dropping his captain for a few weeks, as he's shown, he'll do it. Mm, true, true. Is this an unfair point? He's kind of carrying Loddy a bit as well in the first few games, I think, with the lack of communication and the guy settling in. I think he was more exposed, same as Warrell was, by that wing-back system. But I think they look a lot better. The flat-back four, this 4-3-3, probably does do the defenders a favour. Um, talking of midfield and the 4-3-3 then, uh, Ryan Yates is the other player I put down for the best player of 2022. I mean, full disclosure, he'd win the award for me. I think he's been outstanding generally and for his best player in the Premier League, arguably. I don't know, what can you say about Ryan Yates that we've not said already? Because we we all love him on the podcast, don't we? Take the calendar year. So he's probably started the calendar year um, still having, for some unknown reason to me, to win over the Forest fans. His doubt is detractors saying he doesn't quite do enough. He does a bit of everything and he takes defensive responsibility off the flair players so they can do what they need to do. Doesn't duck a header, doesn't duck, duck a tackle, has become, I would say, the fittest player in the Forest squad. His ability on the ball continues to improve. He's an all-round footballer, Ryan Yates. He can make an impact in both boxes and... The esteem in which he's held within Forest is quite unique in the sense that when you're eager and willing to learn and doing the extra fitness and doing the extra sessions, if you haven't got the, the kind of the right personality to pull that off, you can be seen as being a bit busy, right? Which was the Neville brothers' reputation at Man United, not the most talented, but they were you know, the busy brothers and just, just managed to forge careers through a kind of elite mindset and the tenacity to want to to win, to tackle, to to run. For me, Ryan Yates is like the star pupil at Forest, but he has the personality and the genuine love for the club that he, he carries it off. And I hope now, finally, he's po- as popular in the stands as he is in the changing room because he's a real asset to this team. And I think everybody's woken up to that now. You're right. I think in the calendar year, Yates has certainly been our most consistent performer and should be the the standout 
candidate for for your award. Yeah, I mean, I've made this point before. I see him as Forrest's like Jordan Henderson type player. He's not the fanciest player on the pitch, but he's like the extension of the manager and what the manager wants on the pitch. No matter what who the manager is as well, I think he's the guy who executes the plan in place. And I think people we spoke to on the podcast about him as well. I mean, David Johnson, Nick Marshall, Martin O'Neill, players through different stages of his career all talk about the same things about him, about his attitude, his willingness to improve himself as a player. And on Monday's podcast, the guest on that was working closely. I can't see who it is yet. Um, tells a really good story about Ryan Yates and what kind of character he is uh, around the club with the staff. And I don't mean the coaching staff. I mean the staff at the training ground. Um, so, that uh, yeah, listen to that on Monday. It's my favourite episode, I think. Um, but yeah, for me, Yates is the standout player of the year. And I think he's going to, He's one who's going to get better and better. What his ceiling is, I don't know. But if anyone can, you know, punch that extra ten percent out of themselves through the through the ceiling, which I always talk about, then I think it's Ryan Yates. So for me, he would win it. A um, couple of other points then to talk about before we go. Check Koyate and the midfields uh, was, was you know extending on from Yates. Is that a bit of a worry for you? It looks like he might be out for a while. Yeah, it is in terms of that profile of player. So in the games where we want to be physical and be at their midfield, Koyate would have played, wouldn't he? So it's a blow because he's proved to be um, having more of a role at Forest than we perhaps envisaged at the start of the season. So losing that profile of player is a bit of a blow because he does the defensive stuff better than a Lewis O'Brien, certainly better than a Mangala or a, or a Freuler, who are, who are different profiles of player. So, so yeah, we will lose some physicality in midfield in those in those battles, and Koyate's physical attributes have, have proved to be really important to us. So, yeah, I was really sorry to see him getting stretched off as he was. Uh, Nick in the comment section, who does my job better than I do, saying hit the like button now. So, if you're watching on YouTube, I can't see how many people actually hit like, but it does uh, make a difference in getting this to different eyeballs. So, thanks for that, Nick. As ever, um, Koyate. Yeah, he's is he's uh, quite quick, isn't he? Kind of, I was a bit taken aback by how he can get around the park. I mean, he blows up after that. <laughs> he needs about ten minutes rest, but he, he's a bit more athletic than I thought. Oh, yeah, he's a machine. I mean, when, when I was I was working in London at the Olympic Stadium for a bit, and him and um, he was one of the star boys at West Ham in that side, watching him watching him week in week out. He gets everywhere, everywhere. Like never, never. Um, Doctor Challenge always, you know, almost. I'm, I'm going to kind of counter myself a bit at the, uh, here as well. But one temptation of some central midfielders is to to try and run unnecessarily, get everywhere, do nothing. Where he seems to have a certain efficiency, which means he holds his position, um, but at the same time he knows when to go. He knows when he has to go and press a fullback, when he has to support his own fullback, when he has to drop in because the defender's up from a corner. There's there's a certain nous that comes from Koyate and his physical attributes exemplify that because he is quick and strong. But yeah, an underrated sign in that. I think it was um, quite, quite an astute one. Even if it doesn't necessarily have the hallmarks of Steve Cooper on it, it's a player that has arrived at Forest and proved his worth and fair play. I love I love that there's an environment there where regardless of who you are, where you've been, how much you've been signed for, you, you can play your, way, play your way in and that's that's really healthy. 
do you think if he's out for three or four games or more, does this open the door for Oral Mangala? It feels like he's threatened to cement himself, but it's never really happened for him this season yet. But he looks the, he looks the real deal, doesn't he, Oral? Yeah, I hope so. You're right, it's just not come together, has it, if it's been through injury? And then, I mean, that second tackle that we've, we've debated a lot, I know, but giving the ref a chance to give him the second yellow and therefore suspend him from the next game in which he would have played has just, just exemplified this kind of curse of Mangala, who looks excellent, looks really comfortable at the level, can, can do a, a, a bit of everything. Certainly a really confident, efficient, comfortable passer and effective in that transition, kind of receiving the ball on the half-turn from the defenders and uh, making, a, making a progressive pass. And for a combination of a daft suspension and a series of minor injuries, hasn't been able to have a run in the side. Because I think when he does have a run in the side, um, he'll he'll attract um, support quite quite quickly and, and could indeed stay there. And that may just be the, the boost that we need in the in the absence of Poyate. But yeah, a lot of lot of potential there for him to become a key player in the second part of the season. Uh, last players at the World Cup. I mean, there's others, as you know, Aguilera and Mohamed Draga and people who are on loan. But last player from Forest currently who's at the World Cup is Froiler. I haven't seen too much of the Swiss games, but it looks like he's playing slightly further up the pitch, maybe five or ten yards further up. He's getting good reviews. Do you think maybe when Forrest are a bit more ambitious in home games, we might see Freuler just break a bit more? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's one of the one Forest player I'm on the fence about because well, you, okay. <laughs> you hear those. You hear those who are you know professional coaches, technical minds who say runs further than anybody he's the pass before the assist he links really well his position is great he knows what to do but then you have to really look for his contribution to to, to matches sometimes and for me there are more obvious headline grabbing players who make their case in a bit more of an explicit manner in the you know in the in, in the fans eye so I need to be. I need to be convinced. I've seen what he did at Atalanta. I've seen his highlight reel. I've seen the. I've seen the best of him in phases at Forest. Is he consistently affecting every game he's playing in? Not just yet. But his pedigree as an international footballer, as a Champions League footballer, um, the age that he's at, just that you know, so many more first team appearances in him than the younger contingent at Forest who are having to learn on the job, um, suggest that he's going to get more opportunities to impress. And I, and I hope that he hope that he takes them. Fletch was a bit harsh on him, wasn't he? So I think he used the phrase, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see what the, what the fuss is about. I can see what, what Forrest want him to be. I just, just hope we see a little bit more from him when we, when we resume. Yeah, I think he's under the radar good. I think yeah. he's had games where he's been really steady and subtle in the way he goes about his business and has been effective. He hasn't had that game where you think, oh, he's really running the show here. He's bossing the midfield that, you know, is obvious. So probably waiting for that to happen. He's also had some really bad games. Like they all have. I mean, he had bad yeah. games in the games where they were all bad, like Arsenal away, Man City away. Did he play at Leicester? I can't remember. He struggled in a two, I thought. He's looked better in a three. But I think, is it fair to say that midfield three... Oh, I'd say Yates is probably the only one that's guaranteed to play. Are the other slots up for grabs still? 
Yeah, of course they are, because you've got, let's, we spoke about Koyate, Froiler, Mangala, Lewis O'Brien would expect more minutes than he's, than he's had to, to this point. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's an open race, isn't it? And also, it's influenced by the mix that you want in there, the risk that you want to take with and without the ball, and whether or not you want two sitting, one more advanced, or, or two more, two more attack-minded. Um, so, yeah, we ain't going to see Forest's, uh, necessarily Forest's best eleven when we play Blackburn. It'll be a tune-up for those that need it and a rest for those that, that, that need it also. But, um, yeah, I think, what, what will the mix be when we play Man United? Wouldn't be surprised if it was Yates, Froiler, Mangala. Mm, mm, I think you're right. Interesting comments about Froiler in the comments. Uh, Todd points out he cuts off opposition players and avenues in for that. Nick's saying he's playing a bit further forwards in midfield. Yeah, maybe he's one that we'll look at in a different light come the end of the season, I think. Sorry, mate, I just lost you there for a second. Yeah, Lee, I think Lee's nailed it there. So at, at Atalanta, surrounded by better players, you can see why he'd stand out because everybody is aware of their role. On the front foot, they get loads of ball and he links it all together nicely. So it's fair that when the team is settled, when we're a bit more attack-minded, he, he could come into his own. And why would he impress in games where we're having 30% possession? So, yeah, excellent player. Let's just hope he's the right fit. Uh, lastly, before we go, see any players at the World Cup you wish we could sign? Cody Gatpo springs to mind because they wanted him in the summer and I think he's not one that got away because I don't know how close it was, but he was on the list. Anyone that leaps out to you apart from Mbappe or someone? Yeah, he's joined. Is he joined top scorer, Gakpo? Has he got three goals? Yeah, yeah, him, yeah Rashford and Anna Valencia, I think, have got three, haven't they? No, look, I hope we don't make a knee-jerk uh, World Cup signing because it's an inflated price and every agent in the world is, is sending messages for every club in the world saying, did you see my boy at the World Cup? He's available for X and the transfer fee is, is Y. So, no, I hope we don't do that. I hope we stick to the scouting that's been undertaken across a half European season um, rather than making a knee-jerk off the back of a, a World Cup group stage. So I, I hope we don't get pulled into that trap. Right. Uh, I think we shall leave it there. Lots of people watching and commenting, which always helps. Uh, we're back, as I say, on Monday with uh, an interview, probably the final interview before we get back to the World Cup, but uh, or back to the Premier League, I should say. But we've had the Myonier one, Matt Ford, Jason Lee, uh, and then uh, this one. Oh, and uh, Simon, who's got the book out, Our Glorious Banners, which has sold 3,500 copies to make Greg Mitchell a bit richer. Well, I'm sure all the money goes to Forza, of course. So, uh, Temps, in the meantime, thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. Uh, thanks, everyone. And we shall see you on Monday.